As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. to No Breaks, a Formula One podcast from the No Dunks, Inc. Classic Factory, proudly a part of the Athletic Podcast Network, whether you're joining us live in the Slipstream team right now on YouTube or listening to the podcast later. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Trey Kirby. We got our team principal, JD, making the magic here in the paddock. No Graydon today, but we do have a special guest. She's the host of the What Did I Miss podcast, also on the Athletic Podcast Network. It's Michelle Beadle. Michelle, what's up? Hello. I like that team principal. Very well done. Yeah, you know, we try and use as much uh, newbie slang as we possibly can (laughs) here. So it seems like we know what we're talking about. I'm glad to see you got the memo about wearing a a yellow vintage band (laughs) t-shirt. Got you. I got you. Dead and Company and Def Leppard. Much different vibes when it comes to the stage. But uh, when it comes to the shirts... They're holding it down with the yellow and, you know, the psychedelic uh-huh. looks. Uh, and I think great. the age of the audiences are probably similar. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But uh, here to talk a little bit about the French GP, here to play a game a little bit later, but also just to talk about being new F1 fans. Michelle, how'd you get in to Formula One? Just so basic. Like everyone else, That the Netflix show grabbed me and it, that was it. And the funny thing is, is my brother, my mom grew up an F1 fan. She wanted to be a race car driver in Italy. And my brother's been watching for a couple decades now. So I've heard a lot of we told you so's over the course of the last <laughs> year or so. And they were right. I, I have definitely been missing out on something that I have really grown to love in a short period of time and you know every when you're new to something every day you learn something else so it's it's been fun and I haven't felt the sort of uh the scorning of old school fans like you do in some sports when you try to Mm. pick it up late in life they seem to be very welcoming so far so it's been a nice um entree into f1 yeah I'm exactly with you uh drive to survive (laughs) came out and as soon as it was over they it was super smart like Running it right next to the start of the next season, uh, you got to hop in there. I was curious if maybe you had a prior racing, uh, you know, like prior racing interest being growing up in Texas. You might be a NASCAR fan or something like that. But I was surprised to hear maybe you want to be an Italian F1 driver. No, my mother's born and raised in Rome. I was born in Rome. So we're half and half. She was uh, she grew up around cars. She grew up around fast cars and like legitimately thought she had a chance to be a race car driver. You know, back then. Girls weren't allowed to do as much uh, as they are now. <laughs> so she really had these these dreams and really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, I should have been listening to her this whole time. I would be so much smarter right now had I just <laughs> taken her advice early on. Uh, totally. I feel like I totally missed out on like the 1990s Formula One racing. I just remember seeing like Michael Schumacher always being the number one like earning athlete in the world and being like, hey, yes. I thought that was supposed to be Michael Jordan. Wrong right? Michael on top of the lists. Who is this Schumacher? What's that about? Yeah, and then you slowly get like bits of. I mean, we all knew who he was, and he was the only name we probably knew for quite some time. So, in that regard, larger than life. But think of all the things we could have been, all the the rivalries, all the friendships, all the drama. We miss all of it. We're late. Yeah, we're a little bit late. I was a uh, one of my 
One of my now greatest regrets in life was uh, we were at some sort of NBA finals. I had to try and take a picture with a famous person, which was my challenge the guys set down for me. There's a lot of famous people at the NBA finals. I thought I did great by getting a picture with Neymar. But then I went back this year and looked in the background. It's Neymar and standing right behind him is Lewis Hamilton. No idea who he was. (laughs) Now I'm like, Neymar, I wasted my chance. Uh, completely blew it, but um, we're the worst. Yeah, the too worst. bad. Maybe, maybe another one. Lewis Hamilton seems to be a basketball fan. He could show up again. Yeah, he point. seems to sort of be a worldly dude. I think he's got interests all over the place. So yeah, he'll be somewhere. I think it was the sure. Austrian Grand Prix when you tweeted that uh, you were excited that all of the rich people sports were on at the same time. It was like <laughs> Formula <laughs> One in the morning, and it ran right into Wimbledon. Uh, are you oh, also yeah. a fan of like uh, America's Cup yachting? That would have been great. I mean, I had my pinky in the air for almost eight straight hours so it was a very it was a very tiring day to be a sports fan but yeah it was the richest of days so ridiculous but actually a good sports day weirdly enough in the middle of the summer yeah totally totally uh f- feeling very english on days like that <laughs> um i also saw both of you tweeting about it i'm not exactly sure what you're allowed to say here oh, uh yeah. michelle are you launching an f1 show with miro <laughs> the kid miro because i will 100 subscribe to it as soon as I, it drops well. I love Miro. Um, I mean, good for him for staying out of the news in the last week. That was nice and quiet. Uh, yeah, no, we've been working on this project and we're not even really sure what we're allowed to say. I can tell you that it it should be official right around Belgium. So that stop, I think, is our target date. But yeah, we, we've had some hangouts and some talks and some pictures taken and I'm hoping for the best, but I am headed to Budapest tomorrow to sort of get my feet on the ground and, and learn some stuff, um, you know, just in time for Lufthansa to, to take a walk out and strike. And so all the flights are canceled. So we'll see if we make it or not. But thank goodness for trains. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I've, I've never worked with Miro, obviously, before. So as soon as we're allowed to say anything more than that, I feel like that's a lot, right? That seems like a good tease. Yeah, that's, that, that was an excellent tease. I'm very happy to find out that, like, it's a legit thing and not just some sort of internet joke that y'all are both getting in on. Because, I mean, I would have having laughs if that was the case. But otherwise, I would much rather actually listen to you talk. You say you're heading to Budapest. Uh for the Hungarian Grand Prix this next week. Have you been to a race before? You ever been to an F1 race? Just Austin. That was last year. That was my sure. birthday. And it was my first one. And um, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to be a wily veteran now by the time I touch down. And boot- no, I, I have no idea. And it has been legitimate bucket list now for, I guess, almost two years to, to sort of see as many as you can. I think the vibe and the atmosphere will be so very different from city to city, obviously. And Austin is just full of people like you and me, basically, just yeah. crazy newbies. And these other stops are old school and they've been following the sport for quite some time. And and Hungary's got a bit of a reputation of always being a fun stop and sort of a party city. So the, the Budapest vibes will be good. I think it'll be fun to, to watch. Yeah, it should be awesome and should definitely be a little bit different than uh, the Austin Grand Prix. <laughs> because if I'm not mistaken, last year uh, for the Austin Grand Prix, didn't they like bring out Chris Bosh? They put Shaq in like a tiny convertible yes. with, with, with yes. like bullhorns on the front of it. It was definitely one, like an Americanized party. It, it was so American. And I think Boban was walking around at one point, <laughs> like sort of where we were, which was a, a, a weird thing for your eyes to see. Yeah, but you know what? Nothing... At the end of the day, Austin still, I think, is a much more chill situation. We've seen what they've done now in Miami, and then we have Las Vegas next year. I think those will be the two that are really over the top. I think Austin tries to keep it weird a little bit, but it's, <laughs> it's you know, 400-something thousand people in 100-degree heat. It was, it was an experience. Uh, I can believe that. Is there a, a particular Formula One team mm. or driver that you're partial to? It's funny because when after watching the Netflix series, and I think a lot of us sort of just fell in in swoon with Daniel Ricardo because he's everything that I've always liked in not just athletes, but like famous people and people in general, friends and all that. Like he's funny and self-deprecating and he's sort of in on the joke and he gets it. Also happens to be good at what he does. Um, but as time has gone on, still love him, still pulling for McLaren. There really isn't anyone I root against. I'm sorry. I root against Lance Stroll. But other than that, I, I root against no one. And so these guys kind of grow on you, like the, the Ferrari, and I call them kids because at this point, who are we kidding? But Leclerc and Sainz and and Perez and, uh, you know, Fernando Alonso always has these moments where you're just like, what a badass. Mm-hmm. Like it is, um, it's hard to find anyone that you're not pulling for. And I mean, there are only 20 guys. So it's it's, you know, it's hard to be cutthroat about it all. And I know that there's a Lewis Max division and that's fine. You need that in sports, but I really don't root against anyone at this point. 
Yeah, I'm kind of with you, and I think it's funny you mentioned Lance Stroll, because after, like, <laughs> after season, I don't know, I guess one, I guess after season one, the guys who I, I was not a huge fan of, was not a huge fan of Verstappen, but he kind of won me mm. over, honestly, by not appearing in season four and just kind of being yep. a peripheral character. I think that yep. kind of mellowed out his character in general, and he didn't seem to be the one driving all the drama. Maybe that was coming from the team principals there. The other guy was Fernando Alonso. I thought he was uh, too tough to handle, probably, in season one. But now that he's back as, like, the wily old veteran, I love oh. seeing this guy. He's completely won me over. Lance Stroll, I'm still waiting for the change. However. Right. It's not, it hasn't happened yet. No, when Alonzo did the, the Dikembe finger wave last race, um, that was it. That was it. And, you know, he looks like some movie star. And it's just it, – that's that's the thing. The sport just pretty much has everything. Lance Stroll might have a moment. We. The funny thing is I root for Lance Stroll's dad, so I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> Like, that's weird, right? Like You're more a of a fan him. of his dad? <laughs> yeah, I feel like his dad seems chill. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe we're just missing it, or maybe he doesn't translate well on television. We shall find out. Yeah. Unfortunately for him, he comes off the same way on the team radio as he does <laughs> in the Netflix series. So I think maybe he's staying true to his character. Uh, you mentioned Daddy? your mom. Yeah, you, <laughs> mentioned, <that>? Sorry. <laughs> you mentioned your mom uh, wanted to be an F1 driver back in the day. You said your brother followed uh, the sport growing up as well. How about you behind the wheel? What was your first car? Oh, God. My, <laughs> well, I learned to drive on a 1976 VW Super Beetle, um, which I know, of course I did. Uh, but it was beautiful and it was turquoise and it was convertible. But when it was time for me to finally get my driver's license, the, the rule was it had to have airbags. Well, mm. in 1993 or whatever that was, um, few cars had airbags that were within my budget. So my first car was the American Classic. The Geostorm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But we probably could have had some fair races. My first car was a 1990 Chevy Beretta. Yeah. they make that either. Sounds it was Ferrari cooler. red, though, so you know it was looking fast out there. Oh, yeah, you beat me. I was blue. Lame and blue. Mm, mm, that's tough. Uh, are, you, are you a rule follower you're on the road, or are you speeding like no. crazy out there? No, I, I speed like crazy. I'm very, um, I am aggressive. It's weird because I've gone from California drivers now back to Texas drivers. Uh, they're both they're both horrible in their own rights. And so I'm a very aggressive driver, um, but a very, I'm paying attention. And I think what bothers me the most is when you pass someone and they're sitting there sending an email and, and you're like, you're not smart enough to multitask <laughs> like that. So get off the phone and move over. But yeah, definitely a speed demon, trying to be better about it. When dogs are in the car, all the rules are followed. It's the only time. That's smart. Yeah, I got to keep them safe. Got to yeah. keep them safe. But uh, I what, mean, blue are car, you? aggressive driver. You sound like a real Max Verstappen out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's like, I feel like that's like a good thing to call someone. Wait, are you an aggressive driver or are you like a, you know, 10 and 2 keeper? Uh, like no, I, I try and drive uh, like Vin Diesel in the Fast and the Furious movies. Ooh. Always one hand on the steering wheel, always one hand on the gear shift, even though I'm driving an automatic. Like I'm not shifting <laughs> or anything, but I want to hold it. I want to look out the window. Uh, That's cool. <laughs> every so single cool. time. But I'm with you. Anytime there's somebody in front of me who's slow and I pull up next to him, I'm staring him down. Guaranteed. Like, I just got to know what your deal is and why exactly you're going slow. And I want you to know that I'm a little upset about it. Uh, <laughs> since there's no way we can send messages between cars. Not like, yet. I would just love that. That would, to me, to me, that would be like the next big step forward in automotives. Is, yeah, uh, like a Bluetooth airdrop of like, a, exactly. hey, go F yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to honk at somebody at a stoplight. I don't want to honk at somebody. That's a little rude, but I would love to be able to just send a quick little airdrop message saying, light turn green. You can go now. Oh, that would be so good. I, you know what? Everyone has guns these days, so I feel like the road rage has sort of lost any kind of, like, you don't want to do it anymore because it's terrifying. <laughs> but if I could airdrop something and then just zoom away, then I'd reconsider. You make a great point. I used to love doing road rages back in the day, but uh, not the same out there anymore, unfortunately. No. It's mean streets, the yeah. war out there. We did have a race this past weekend, so let's get into what happened at the French Grand Prix. Uh -huh. We'll start by taking a look at the results on the podium. We've got Max Verstappen in P1 taking home his 27th career win as a Formula One driver. He's followed by two Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton in P2, George Russell in P3. It's the first time this season that both of their drivers have finished on the podium. The rest <laughs> of the point scorers goes Sergio Perez in fourth, followed by Carlos Sainz in fifth, then Alonso in sixth, Norris in seventh, Ocon in P8, Daniel Ricciardo in P9, and Lance Stroll taking home <laughs> the final points. P10 getting that CanCon in uh, for the Classic Factory here. As you'll notice, though, Michelle, no Charles Leclerc who crashed out 
of the race on lap 18 from the lead. And he admits it was driver error, another epic botch job from the Tifosi. A comfortable win for Verstappen, but we got to start with Ferrari. What'd you think when Leclerc spun out there in the lead? It's, it's almost like, and I hope that this isn't what is happening in his mind because it's bad enough it's happening in our minds, but it's almost like now we expect it. We expect it's not the same every time, but at some point it's inevitable in a race that the Ferrari will do something. <laughs> and in this particular case, I did find it interesting that he immediately took the blame all on himself following the race or, or at least following his race. Everybody else was still working. Uh, and I didn't know. And, and I, I think it was uh, Nico Rosberg was talking. He was like, I'm not sure why he's accepting all of the responsibility immediately. <laughs> like the car has something to do with it, too, because it, it all seemed OK. It's just it keeps happening. And it, it's only so long before there's something in his brain that's just going to wait for it every race. Like, OK, when's it coming? When is the mess up? When does the car stop? When do I screw up? So it's a bummer because obviously we want to see these races be close. We want the race to the end of the season for the overall championship to be close. It's much more fun that way. Uh, I want the drama between Carlos Sainz and Leclerc to continue because I think that's also good for all of us. Uh, and it was a bummer. The scream, you know, scream heard around the world. Um, <laughs> it, it, that was that was an interesting moment. But yeah, I, I hope he has short term memory i know that's a big part of being a professional athlete in any sport is to sort of keep it moving but man it's got to get harder and harder when you're charles leclerc at this at this point yeah it was uh you could just feel the frustration from that radio message where he's like just breathing hard for <laughs> 10 seconds or something like that it seems like maybe he's trying to back the car out and then just yells at the top of his lungs when's uh, the last time you yelled like that uh, probably yesterday, uh, probably this morning, actually. <laughs> the irony is I usually get my maddest when I'm on my way to yoga and when I'm leaving yoga. So really, yoga does nothing for me whatsoever. There's no before and after. It's all the same. Yeah, but Great. during that session, during that session, uh, the vibes are immaculate. Peaceful. <laughs> You're right, though, about uh, the fact that uh, we were kind of robbed of a little bit of a race here between Verstappen and Leclerc because Leclerc did a really good job early in the race and like holding Verstappen off. It looked like Verstappen maybe was going to burn out his tires. He had to drop back yeah. a little. And then there was no race as the race went on because he was so far ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So we were robbed a little bit of the championship uh, drama that we saw last season quite a bit and that we saw early this season. It just feels like you're right. Leclerc does have a little bit and has to have a little bit of a short memory. But even he is like, you can tell it's getting to him with the way he's like, I've given up 32 points on my own. He's 63 yeah. points down in the championship. But like he's got to be replaying every single little mistake that Ferrari has made. And they've made quite a few of them so far this season. It's frustrating, too, because it's it's Ferrari. I mean, you don't have to know anything about anything yeah. to know what Ferrari is, what it stands for, what it looks like, you know, all the things that come with one of the most iconic and for me, beautiful cars that have ever been manufactured in the world. Um, and, and to be able to drive for Ferrari, it's such a, a legacy team. It's just they got to figure this out. You know, Carlos Sainz, I know he had some upgrades, so he started in 19th. Finishing in fifth is is pretty awesome, and I was happy for him. But I really want him to get it together because I want this thing to be interesting through the rest of the races. I did find it interesting, though, that the Mercedes came in 2-3 after we heard all about, you know, oh, maybe we'll be good next year, and <laughs> we just can't seem to get it together this year. And then all of a sudden it's like 2-3. Are they passive aggressive or are they just are they playing it down? I can't figure them out. I, I can't tell. This seems like maybe a season long sandbagging for Mercedes. It was kind of <laughs> like every year we would come into the new season and be like, oh, Mercedes is slow in testing. Uh, they're not they're not going to have the car this year. And then obviously Hamilton won all of his championships this year. They <laughs> came in slow in testing. And then they kind of lucked out in the first uh, Grand Prix, but they've been the third best team. But somehow, yeah. Lewis Hamilton has finished on the podium more times than Charles Leclerc. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. I was happy to see it as a Hamilton fan, but um, they seem to be getting a lot luckier, at least, than Ferrari is. They don't get in their own way, at least. No, they don't seem to be getting in their own way. And, and I know there's so much talk about all the you know bottoms of the car and everything that's going on. And we're starting to heat back up between Horner and Wolf. And, I, and I'm here for all of that, by the way. I, I like when those oh, yeah. two argue publicly. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Mercedes now figures things out. And, and good thing Perez is still always in the hunt as well. But it will make for an interesting year. And look, if, if they can't figure it out at Ferrari and they just seem to sort of fall by the wayside as the season goes on, then at least give us a good Red Bull Mercedes showdown. I, I'll take, I just want something to be close. Yeah, it, uh, unfortunately it feels like Red Bull is pulling away and Ferrari is kind of helping them pull away because like you mentioned, it wasn't just Leclerc crashing out 
from the lead that that was like a self-inflicted problem whereas <laughs> with Carlos Sainz it was completely Ferrari just messing with him really like you said he had to start in 19th he got up to P3 at one point yeah and they pitted him with 10 laps left in the race what were you thinking when they sent Carlos Sainz in that late uh well it was a bummer because again I like I said at the beginning I'm learning all of the time so it was you could see his tire look it was four thousand degrees on the track and you could see his tires starting oh, yeah. to wear and so the whole thing was i didn't know this i didn't know that if he did not pit then the five second penalty could not be implemented but once he pit pitted then yes the five seconds kicked in i didn't know i learned that rule so i was just like oh okay well don't pit don't pit don't and then as soon as he did i was like oh there goes the podium that's that's a bummer but i i gotta give it to him it was a hell of a race he never gave up. He was in it the entire time. He had so much ground to make up. Um, and look, I think he sort of feels like the stepkid. I mean, he's sort of not as loved as Charles, but there's also some weirdness now because Leclerc seems to not be having a good time of it. It'll be interesting to see as this goes on where the loyalties within the Ferrari ranks actually lie. I, that's a that's a great point because Leclerc is their number one guy and he's the one who's kind of like, like tabbed as the future world champion, the guy to bring Ferrari back to prominence. But Sainz is probably a little bit more steady, a little bit more reliable. Yeah. And at least at least when he's when you hear him on the team radios, he's like going back and forth with the pit wall, whereas Leclerc is kind of just like, you tell me. And then, <laughs> then you get into some problems when it comes to Ferrari because they they don't really want to make a decision. I thought it was crazy um, when Signs was passing. I think it was Perez. They got on the mic uh, on the radio to him in the middle of a pass. He's like, "Not right now. I'm not pretty right. busy." Do you like when not people right talk now. to you when you're driving, Michelle? Are you? Chatting? Well, it's just it, that's like when you're driving and it's pouring down rain and you don't know where you're going and you're like, turn the radio down and then somebody's trying to have a conversation. You're like, not right now. I don't even know where we are. Let me just get through this and then we can have an entire talk. It is weird that the teams, though, don't seem to understand that. That seems to be 101 on communication with a driver going 200 miles per hour. Maybe <laughs> yeah. <do. laughs> just let me get in your ear here at the most stressful and most dangerous time and just amp the difficulty level up uh, a little bit more. Some other notable happenings from the French Grand Prix. Both Alpines beat both McLarens. Fernando Alonso topping Lando Norris and Esteban Ocon beating Daniel Ricciardo. There was a great moment late when Alonso said that he wanted the McLarens close to him so he could burn out their tires, and it actually worked. He said they played the race like a chess game. I thought that was really cool, a real veteranship kind of move there. Michelle, is, how, do you, um... how do you handle things when somebody's <laughs> tailgating you? Oh, I do not like that. And now that I'm back here, it's always these those big dually pickup trucks. And I, I have a big car, so it's not like, you know, they're riding up on some tiny car. I'm still here and I'm, I'm not going anywhere. It makes me angry because, A, I'm already probably going faster than I'm supposed to be. And I'm probably going to get back over because I'm not a left-hand driver because that's annoying and you're not supposed to be. Um, but when you're just that aggressive about it, I, I'm going to do what most people do. I'm just going to slow down and be a jerk. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going right, yeah, we'll to trap check. you in the lane. So, sorry. I'll, I'll do better. Yeah, that's uh, that's the most infuriating thing to me is when I'm speeding to be like, how much how much do you want me to break the law? <laughs> I know, stop like, pushing me. Yeah, I feel like Alonzo. I'm going to burn out your tires here. Uh, God, yes. Smart move from him. I guess that's the veteranship. His teammate, Frenchman Esteban Ocon, he got his first points at his home race. Yes. Another French driver on the grid, however, Pierre Gasly, didn't fare quite as well. He started 15th for Alpha Tauri, finished 12th, but Oof. just couldn't make an impact. I got a question for you off this, Michelle, because you've been a San Antonio Spurs fan forever grew up mm -hmm. watching the spurs like you said you work with the spurs now so yep. you could have a unique perspective on this what's the pressure like being back home like in front of home fans who oh. care about things <laughs> more than 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 a standard fan would you know what i'm saying do you, well, yeah, do you feel I mean, pressure I think to perform because, I, I i well i don't but i think yeah. <laughs> i can't imagine having any pressure anywhere but i do see i mean look we saw it at the race because gasly's parents had so much camera time because yep. obviously it's his home home country as well and, and with this particular race and a lot of you know a lot of the international sports where you have many nationalities playing within the same sport I think you really see it when they travel and so each of these guys for the most part have a home country race um, you see it in the stands there's this national pride when the anthems play whatever and they want they're pulling you know with the British Grand Prix we had three guys in it and you're just like of course 
Of course, the crowd is pulling for the three Brits. And, and you know, maybe one day we'll have an American. Who knows? But it is uh, I, I'm sure it's a much higher pressure than we probably understand because our sports are all played within the United States mm. for the most part. And so there is none of that sort of national pride that comes with it. It's, it's fun to see, though. It, that's it, it's probably look, there's no Hungarian driver, but I'm still looking forward to it as far as just how the, the fanship sort of split themselves and who pulls for whom and who boos for who. And that's turned into a thing as, as well, which I've enjoyed watching. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. It's awesome to see it, which which uh, circuits basically pull for which drivers is, yeah. is really cool. Uh, the only other thing that stuck out to me from the race, uh, you probably hate it now that uh, I'm thinking about it, Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel battling for 10th, <laughs> getting that last point in the last lap of the race. Uh, yeah, I hate it. Sad to say, uh, well, Lance yeah. Stroll came out ahead here. Uh, we don't like that. We pull for Seb always and forever. Yeah, we pull for Seb. But uh, <laughs> at least it was exciting down to the very last minute. The last thing, though, from the French Grand Prix, Michelle, we got to bequeath our beans. What? Oh! <laughs> That's right. If you don't know how this works, what I'm guessing not, Michelle. Every week on the show, we award the title... A full beans driver of the weekend, basically the driver who was doing the most out there mm. over the course of the race weekend. You hear this on the broadcast sometime. Brundle will be like, oh, Verstappen really gave it the full beans here on the back straight. So, yeah, you know, you're this. flooring it. You're giving it your all. Who impressed you the most at the French Grand Prix? Who's your full beans driver of the weekend? Um, I think I'm going with Carlos Sainz because of where he started and where he ended. And not just where he ended, but where he at times was i mean he really was in a podium position for a minute there and, and i thought he was going to pull it off so i'm giving it to him um one and two was pretty much settled early enough in the race that you stopped paying attention but three down provided some excitement throughout so carlos signs uh full beans yeah i Gave think that's uh, i think that's a great choice he's got to be the leading candidate i think he won driver of the day for Had the to. race he was even good in qualifying like he had that great q2 lap and then in q3 he knew he wasn't really doing anything since he was gonna have to start 19th regardless <laughs> and he just drove he just drug leclerc to p1 which ended up not mattering so a great full beans candidate there my full beans driver of the weekend i'm gonna give it to george russell since you're mm -hmm. giving it to carlos Sainz. i just like that overtake he had on perez there after the late uh virtual safety car he just timed it perfectly somehow stole p3 off of Checo there, so full beans to George Russell. He'll probably put him on toast. Going to take a quick break here. When we get back, going to play a little game. Stick around. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Back with no breaks, I'm here today with Michelle Beadle, the host of the What Did I Miss podcast here on The Athletic. Time to play a little game, Michelle. It's called okay. Bliss or Miss. <laughs> la, 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 Got new upgrades for the Grand That's Prix nice. this weekend. Uh, look at this, all these uh, fancy graphics. JD's been Love it. here. Here's how the game's going to work, Michelle. I'll give you a topic. If you like it, it's bliss. I love it. <laughs> if you don't like it, miss me. No, thank you. Easy enough? Okay. Yep. Perfect. Right. Usually this is one of our first questions for a guest, but it just fits too well here. So bliss or miss? Pumpernickel toast. Total Wolf's miss. favorite. No. Absolutely no. Miss me with all of that. No. This guy orders it for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He ordered it in every scene of Drive to Survive season four. <laughs> he really did, didn't he? No, look, I'm not, I, who am I to argue with Toto Wolf? He's one of Earth's perfect creatures, but uh, no, you're going to have to miss me with the pumpernickel. I'm not into that at all. 
this is a this is a divisive loaf around here. Most people uh, not big fans. We had a loaf for maybe the second episode. <laughs> I ate a piece. Graydon ate a piece, and then we just let it sit in JD's fridge. I'm assuming it's either still there or hopefully tossed because that thing would be incredibly moldy. I think we're getting mostly misses on yeah, pumpernickel okay. toast around here. All right, one of the funnier things we've seen from F1 this season was the football helmets on the podium. For the Miami uh, Grand Prix, here you see Max Verstappen wearing it. You see Carlos Sainz giving a salute in his Pirelli football helmet. So, Michelle, bless or miss, podium football helmets. Um, You're going to have to miss me with this as well. Oh. I, this, I'm just going to come off as a hater here. Um, no, I just – I it, it exuded through the television – all the European kids going, look at these stupid Americans making <laughs> us wear these helmets. And I just felt it on my couch and I was like, oh man, what are we doing? So no, miss me on that. <laughs> I think that I think that's a fair miss. Man, what a just what a hilarious look though. <laughs> like, especially the poses they gave. I feel like I don't think Carlos Sainz like salutes anytime he wins a race, but for whatever no. reason you put on a football helmet, you got to. <laughs> this isn't one of our topics, but what did you think about the fake marina there in Miami? Oh, that was, uh, again, it was very over the top, very sort of a Miami in America thing. So I think it it was on brand for the city it represented. But again, as Americans, I'm just sort of like, can we just maybe ease ourselves into this sport that's existed way before we got here and then maybe kind of make some changes? Like, let's not do it all at once, but that's not our way. So yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, you have uh, 70 years of racing history? Well, (laughs) who cares? We're putting a track in the middle of a parking lot and wearing football helmets. Come jump in our fake pool. It's going to be really, really fun. (laughs) America. America. (laughs) Sticking in the football world, I know you saw this yesterday, Michelle. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers (laughs) showed up to training camp dressed as Cameron Poe, a.k.a. Nicolas Cage, in the movie Con Air. My first question for you is why? Why, why did he do this? Well, why not is obviously the response. Uh, it is awesome. Nick Cage could do no wrong unless you're the IRS. And I love everything about this. I hope it's not just pre Like, I want this during the regular season because he nailed it. He nailed the look. The movie's amazing. I, yeah, I have zero negatives about it. So bliss. Well, that was going to be bliss. my next question for you. Bliss or miss yeah, 1997's Con Air. Like, I mean, <laughs> I also like the look from Aaron Rodgers, but I really just wanted to talk about Con Air. You said you're a fan. Oh, such It's such a good movie. Like the scene on the plane with all the degenerate criminals. It's just it's like, um, well, it's that stretch that Nick Cage had, like the rock Con Air face off. There's just this stretch he has that every single movie was thoroughly entertaining. Um, realistic? Probably not. But I didn't care. I loved it. I love him and all of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a Nick Cage fan for sure. And I realize that for every good movie he's done over the course of the last couple of decades, he's now added three crappy ones. But I don't care. I'm willing to overlook that. Oh, no doubt. This was peak Cage. Uh, <sighs> which do you think is more unrealistic? Con Air or Face Off? <laughs> Two men switching faces. <laughs> I don't know. I spent a lot of time near Beverly Hills and people switch faces all the time. <laughs> so maybe a lot not. Of operations out there. Yep, a lot going on. Here's a trivia for you. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is for Con Air? Like you mentioned, this was like peak cage. Oh, man. man. Okay, well, Rotten Tomatoes, it goes a little intellectual on us sometimes. Uh, So I'm going to say it's a... 57. Wow, that's pretty good. Critic score of 56, which, yeah, a little low. JD is shocked here. Too low? Whoa. Too low for you, JD? Way too low. Well, I was just impressed by Michelle's. uh, She's she's (laughs) off by one. (laughs) No, me too. How do I make that into money? I have no idea. But yeah, that's that's low. It's way. It was much more entertaining than that. You that could be like a cool carnival skill to have. Like you're standing in a booth and people come up to you and ask, "What do you think the critic score is for?" Yes. D two, the Mighty Ducks. Oh god. I guarantee it's going to be be too low. low. Audience (laughs) gave it a seventy five, and honestly, that seems low to me for an audience score for Con Air. I thought it'd be like eighties or nineties. I'm wondering if a bunch of new kids have tried to like chime in and they don't get it. That's probably <laughs> they don't get it. Don't get it. We're just flying our criminals across the country in the air. We're putting all of them all on, in one place. All on one plane. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So I've seen more than a few of your tweets, Michelle, with what seems to be deer just hanging out outside. Here's like a million of them just uh, walking around. I saw you had a selfie once where it appeared to be maybe this exact 
buck we're seeing here. Just yeah, hanging out on crazy. the back patio. So bliss or miss, deer in your backyard? <laughs> well, luckily it's my parents because okay. that's that's just too wilderness for me. But yeah, no, absolute bliss. I grew up there. We They are now to the point where you feed them out of our hands. They actually come wow. onto the patio to the door and sort of knock on the door when they think it's time to eat again. So yeah, I don't know what the bill has been for corn and apple biscuits over the last <laughs> 20 years at the house, but I'm sure it's probably more than my dad paid for college at this point in the game. So I love it. I love everything about it. Yeah, it must be yes. awesome. You probably get to like literally watch them grow up over the years. You're like, yeah. oh, this guy got a new point on his <laughs> antlers. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's it's like, it's traumatizing too, because obviously, you know, the circle of life, but it's, um, you do, you keep track. They tag them a lot in the neighborhoods because there are so many and they want to sort of make sure everybody's safe and healthy. But yeah, it's, they're almost like family members. And if you let them in the house, I know they'd come in and it would be a disaster. Yeah, I've seen uh, the Chris Paul commercial. It did not yes. go well for him uh, when they got inside of his garage. Uh, unfortunately, though, I figured this one would be a bliss. Deer are very chill, very cool, but they are not the only creatures you've been dealing with. Oh, bliss or miss, snakes. Oh, no. Absolutely. No. Freaking miss me with every single one of those disgusting reptilian bastards. I don't want anything to do with them. I hate them. And now I'm afraid to go into my own backyard. I have purchased snake boots and snake wrangling gear. So what? I am prepared. Worst case scenario. You're going to wrangle a it. snake? I don't know what else. What am I going to do? If I see one, I have the little six foot thingy that you just like <laughs> zap it up. Um, granted, I'm probably going to throw the thing and run, but in a perfect world, I will I will catch it and I will put it somewhere else. <laughs> you <laughs> like, gotta put it uh, you gotta put it up somewhere uh, in the internet if you actually catch a snake. Oh, I feel for like sure. it, the boots are gonna come in handy for sure. And if you actually are able to wrangle one, that's gonna be that's gonna go viral. I mean, it's gonna be something. Yeah, well, the heart attack that happens right as I'm doing it will also be go viral. But that's yeah. fine. It'll be worth it for the gram, you know, or TikTok or whatever the hell I'm supposed to put that on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll be getting to that in just a second. Uh, oh, no. Bliss or miss here, Michelle? I think I know your answer on this one. Karaoke, bliss or oh, miss? Bliss all day, every day. You don't even need a sip of alcohol. I think that's a misconception people have about karaoke. It is an event and a process and a procedure and a pro it's do it sober. You will actually love it that much more. Um, I highly recommend do you oh, prefer yes. a private room karaoke or on stage? No, on stage. I, I mean, there have been moments where a private room was cool if you had a big enough group. But really, you want to share your gift with the world <laughs> and not really just rob them of what it is you're about to do. So <laughs> just get up there. Get up there and bring it down. <laughs> What's your gift? What's your go-to song? I usually do share. Uh, I recently did some Alanis Morissette um unbeknownst to me before I sang it, I didn't know I had rage and it seemed to be towards men on that particular night. So I was <laughs> yell singing at every man that walked by. <laughs> and then it was because then I'd look in the crowd and the women were all and I was like, oh, so this is one of those nights. Um, and it was yeah, it was a fun night. But I I those are probably my two go to's. I try to stay away from the journeys and the Bon Jovi's because I feel like everyone's going to do that and I'm going to want to sing along with them. Mm. But it's not my first choice. Are you looking you? at you? Are, you are going for sing along songs, though. I think that's yes. a, that's a key. You got to have a chorus that people are belting out alongside you. Yeah, otherwise you're kind of up there on an island, and there's nothing worse than looking out and realizing no one knows this song that you have picked with all of your heart. So I've seen it done, and I've seen it done successfully. But that's only if the person singing has a killer voice. That's the only time. And I saw it recently. A woman did like a B-side of a Luther Vandross album that I had never heard and brought the house down. So mm. nobody knew the words, but we were basically all like in awe when she was finished. So that worked, but not not usually. Yeah, that it's kind of the opposite when we go karaokeing with uh, Lee Ellis on the show here. He always <laughs> picks Angels by Robbie Williams, which is a song oh, a few no. people know. He doesn't <laughs> no. necessarily have... Uh, the pipes to sing it how Robbie does, but he really gives it his all and wins people over almost it's in a great spite song. of himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunately, I don't, America didn't embrace Robbie Williams the way we probably should have. So it's a, it's a bold choice on his part. Yeah. That's what he always says as the, as the song is playing his intro. It's like he, he should be bigger here in America. He was, <laughs> he was massive overseas. So I'm going to sing he this really song is. that eight people know, uh, but wow. sometimes it works. Sometimes, sometimes it works. you get the right room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you get the right room, exactly right. Uh, moving on, after nearly 40 years on top of the game, Klondike just announced this week that they're discontinuing the Choco Taco. Bliss or okay. miss? Choco so Taco. So here's, here's, I got in trouble for this yesterday. I didn't know what a 
Choco Taco was. What? I've never had one. Yeah, no, it was um, apparently surprising that I didn't know. Now, I looked at it. It obviously looks lovely and delicious, but I can't say that I'm really loyal to it in any way whatsoever. So, yeah, I guess bliss. It's one less thing that I have to be tempted by <laughs> in the freezer section. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll have something else, though. But, yeah, I missed it. Are they good? I have no idea. I think the, I think the I think the idea of remembering it from your childhood is probably better than the actual Choco Taco is these days. Usually, I'll probably try and track one down just to have one of the last <laughs> few out there. Guaranteed, they're going to bring it back though. People are going to be tweeting about it so much that we're going to go like three months without Choco Tacos. Then they're back like the McRib. Great marketing move. Great, Great marketing, marketing move. move. What would you yeah. order from an ice cream truck if it's not a Choco Taco? Um, I usually do the little the red, white, and blue rocket thingy. Classic. I only like the red and the white. <laughs> <laughs> Toss the blue. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the blue as much. And then, or something lemon. Those were my go-tos usually. Cause it's so hot here. I don't, you don't want a bunch of chocolate and then you're walking around like, eh. you need something like a popsicle at all times. Absolutely right. You mentioned it earlier, uh, Michelle, Instagram is pivoting hard to video, basically getting their TikTok on by featuring their reels and maybe not quite as often featuring pictures of your friends that you want to see so bliss or miss <laughs> instagram reels um miss now i have officially gotten a little account on tiktok i haven't done anything with it i'm, I'm clearly not oh no i did put something once but um i just feel like each social media platform has its claim to fame twitter's for words instagram's for pictures tiktok's for videos and i, and I just feel like they should all sort of stay in their their lanes and concentrate and make that the best version that it can be. So I've seen a lot of people really not happy about the Instagram reels, which is interesting to me because they seem matter about that than other things in life. But <laughs> you, know, you do you, I guess. Uh, so yeah, well, I, maybe it won't last because didn't Twitter try this too with fleets? Oh, and that came oh, and went real I quick. I already forgot about fleets. <laughs> I know. Great call. So fast. Oh, fleets. Where? Whatever uh, happened to fleets? May they rest. Bless or miss fleets. I'm totally missing them right now. <laughs> So earlier, uh, uh, late in June, I suppose, the Spurs drafted Baylor's Jeremy Sohan in the draft. He'll be wearing Dennis Rodman's number 10 <laughs> when the season starts. I love this, but Michelle, as a Spurs fan, bliss or miss, Sohan wearing Dennis Rodman's number 10 for the Spurs. No, it's bliss. I, I think Dennis Rodman's stay here was um, short and short. And so I don't, I don't, there's no love loss necessarily. I think with Rodman, I, the only thing I think is bizarre is that people are comparing the two and it's really just boils down to the, the coloring of the hair. Yes. Uh, otherwise I've really seen no similarities whatsoever, but you know, good for him. Stick with it. It's get on the brand, whatever it is your brand's going to be, but yeah, I'm good with it. Bliss. Yeah. It does seem to me that, uh, the Rodman persona it is big nowadays. Like I, I'm seeing kids who are, you know, 18, 19 years old wearing Dennis Rodman shirts. Like what these people happening? weren't alive when Dennis Rodman was playing basketball. The guy was a rebounder and a defender, yeah. but you know, like uh, the alt lifestyle was pretty cool. That's true. And it's weird because unlike a lot of the generation that Rodman played in, he's been very silent. Like he doesn't talk, mm -hmm. you know, when, when the, the new kids start talking about the old guys and da -da, a lot of them respond, we hear nothing from Dennis Rodman. So it is interesting that he's having a bit of a, a resurgence in pop culture. No doubt about it. I know that you've spent a bit of time in Las Vegas over the <laughs> years. So we just had a trip for summer league last month. We actually did a little karaoke there. Great times. Woo! Bliss or miss Las Vegas. All the bliss. bliss All bliss. Felicity bliss, bliss. Yeah. Even when I lose money, it's the idea that I will win it back. That is the <laughs> bliss. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm still in a blissful state when it comes to my love affair with Las Vegas. It seems to get stronger each time I go. So all the bliss. Yeah, uh, I, I'm about 50-50 on this. I feel like <laughs> the shorter my stay is in Las Vegas, the more chance I have for it to actually be bliss. Just do yes. the things you want to do and then get out of there before you're bored doing the things you don't want to do, which could maybe good get point. you in trouble. Uh, yeah. But man, Las Vegas, they got some good karaoke there. Um, good shows, good food. Good shows, good food. Do you have a show you would recommend? Um, I saw this time I saw Absinthe and oh, nice. Mad Apple or Mad Apple, Mad Apple. Uh, They're both great. They're both for adults. They were both um, full of talented people with some some offensive 
language and humor, which I find delicious. So it was perfect. Yeah, we saw Absinthe a few oh, years so back. Good. Absinthe was definitely the best show we've seen. I don't know if they got a new gazillionaire these days, but I think they do. He's got oh. kind of a Gary Busey vibe. Oh, me. yeah, it was bizarre. <laughs> but oh, he he insulted so many people. People, this couple left the front row before it even really started. It was amazing. It was amazing to watch. Wow. <laughs> You got you to gotta really be offended to leave a Vegas show before it even started. Hopefully they're right? going to comp tickets. I hope so. I'm like, what show did you think you were going to be prepared for this? <laughs> this was a family-friendly circus. No, not at all. Called Absinthe. <laughs> Anyways, Michelle, thank you so much for making time for us today. I know you got some more shows on the schedule later on. What you got going on? What kind of stuff you want to plug? Uh, well, I'm actually going to do the podcast today, and I think we are doing a Nick Cage heavy. We're going to try to recast all Nicolas Cage roles with current and former quarterbacks because Aaron Rodgers basically <laughs> just put this bug in our ear, and now we're like, well, now we're doing Nick Cage as much as we can. So thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you so much. <laughs> so that's what we're doing today. It should be out tomorrow, you know, the good Lord willing. Very cool. I can't wait to hear the part about adaptation when there's like a hundred Nicholas Cages all running around. That's the hardest one for me to come up with. I was like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. We'll it's going to be out. like Peyton and Eli Manning have to be those two guys. Ooh, that's actually not bad. The Carr brothers. You could try to figure there out go. something there. Nice. Yeah, something, something. Can't wait to hear that. Follow Michelle on Twitter at Michelle D. Beetle. That's two L's on Michelle. Subscribe to What Did I Miss? Anywhere you can get podcasts, even on YouTube. Got to show the faces, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, <Why not? laughs> yeah sure tune in see some yellow shirts and have a great time michelle i'm gonna let you go thank you again so much i will be back after the break to look ahead to the next race on the f1 schedule and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games visit directtv.com claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsns varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games visit directtv.com claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsns varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply Back with no breaks, just me and JD here in the Classic Factory. Had a great time with Michelle Beadle talking F1, playing a game. Uh, But we've got a great comment here, JD, from the Slipstream team. Mm. Eric Harper says, wonder what the No Dunks fellas love to sing at karaoke. Like I mentioned, (laughs) we were just there uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, JD, what would you say is your go-to song? Well, my go-to song is Has Always Been Midnight Train to Georgia. Mm. It's kind of lost its luster now that I live in Georgia, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it's, uh, yeah, but I I love that song. Uh, I somehow, it's right in my sweet spot. I can sing it, but they didn't have it at our last karaoke, though, at the the place in uh, Vegas. I felt like kind of limited selection. Very uh, limited. For American songs, for English songs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, For sure. Yeah. Uh, So, and I whiffed it big time. Uh, I was... Desperate. We were desperate to get out of uh, "Take It Easy" by the Eagles, which oh yeah, which got oh, yeah. stuck on a loop. Like uh, it must have played forty-five times. It was that was crazy. Yeah, that was unbelievable how many times it restarted. Yeah, so I picked "Endless Love," and I wanted to do it with with Matty O was there, and we did it, but I don't think he knew the song very well, and nobody else really did. So it was one of those Michelle like mentioned it, like is one of those you know, odd choices and no one really knew it. And they, everybody was just sort of politely listening to it. And I was just like, this is, you know, you're halfway through a song and you're like, this is dying. This is dying. I hate this. But, uh, you know, we made it through, but yeah. I think that's a quality choice though. I think if you get the right person singing the duet part of it and you both know it, yeah, we can smash the harmonies and stuff. And I gave him the Diana Ross part, which is probably a mistake, (laughs) but, uh, I also remember, um, this was a long time ago. You crushed uh, Levon by oh, Elton John. That, song. that was like one of the best karaoke performances that I have ever <laughs> seen. Like it still sticks in my mind vividly. And this yeah. must have been like 
Blogs with Balls New York or something like that. Yeah, that was it. That was that was lightning in a bottle, I think, that time. <laughs> but uh, they didn't have it. I was looking for Levon. They didn't have it at this place, so... Yeah, not a ton of oldies, yeah. uh, but they did have Take It Easy, which we played a million times. <laughs> which I grew to love, actually. I know. I, got, I haven't listened to it since, but I've wanted to listen to it, which is more than I can say than before we went. As for me, my favorite song uh, that I chose the last time we were at karaoke was I Only Want to Be With You. Ooh, yeah, that was good. It actually was pretty good. Yeah. I sang it in the style of Hootie and the Blowfish, though, yes. rather than the style of Post Malone. That's just because that's who I think sings it, um, yeah. even if they disagree. Yeah, Post Malone's is actually pretty close that's yeah, not bad it's actually too close for a cover yeah i think I the like, only difference yeah. is, is that he uh the, he cries when he hears that the cowboys lose instead of the dolphins right <laughs> <laughs> that's the only change <laughs> anyways that's our karaoke talk as for formula one we've got 12 races down 11 left on the calendar before we travel to hungary Let's take a look at the updated standings in the drivers championship you see max verstappen atop the leaderboard there with a 63-point lead over Charles Leclerc in P2. Leclerc is followed by Perez, Sainz, George Russell in P5, Lewis Hamilton in P6, Norris, Ocon, Bottas, and Alonso uh, is in 10th place in the driver's standings. As for the team standings, we've got Red Bull on top with a pretty sizable lead over Ferrari, who now lead by just 44 points over Mercedes for P3. Alpine, Nice weekend beating both McLarens. They are in P4, right ahead of McLaren in P5, followed by Alfa Romeo, Haas, Alfa Tauri, Aston Williams, and, or sorry, Aston Martin in P9, and Williams bringing up the rear in P10. We got a race this weekend in Hungary at the Hungaro Ring, practice Friday, qualifying on Saturday, race on Sunday. Last year's podium went Ocon, Hamilton signs, but that was only after Sebastian Vettel was disqualified due to low fuel after actually finishing in P2. Lots of corners at the Hungaro ring. Pretty short straight, straights, which might negate Red Bull's straight line speed advantage. So as you heard a few times during the French Grand Prix, needs to be a big race for Ferrari and Charles Leclerc in particular. Do they have must wins in Formula One? I don't know, but this kind of feels like it for Chuck. So only time will tell. That is this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to have to figure out when to record a show about that because I leave for Hawaii on Saturday. Yeah. I won't be back until next Friday. Well, Could I think. Sub? I th- well, I think uh, Graydon is actually looking into getting a guest right now. <sighs> so I think you might be off the hook, Trey. Incredible. We'll probably actually do a show maybe that next week as well because this race in Hungary is kind of like the last race before the big. Yeah. month off so we will have to do like a first half awards yeah. something looking ahead to the second half of the season so follow us on twitter instagram youtube and wherever at no dunks inc for scheduling updates with regards to no breaks if you want to hear more of me talking about f1 i'm going on the scuderia f1 podcast later today so peep my twitter to see when that drops i'm at trey kirby follow jd at T Jason Doyle on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash no dunks. Got a $1 a month deal going on right now. Too good to pass up. No dunks is back Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern to talk two early NBA awards. It is July. <laughs> so that is very, very early to be handing out awards, but we're going to do it. And who knows, maybe one of these trades will finally happen, though I'm a little skeptical about that. So you're getting some awards, suckers. <laughs> Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Stay speedy, people. Broom, broom. <laughs>